Welcome to the Work Minus Podcast. We talk about what we need to drop from the way we think about work and what we need to replace it with to be prepared for the future. Go to workminus.com to see a transcript of this episode, more podcasts, articles, and a newsletter that connects you to the best ideas about work. All right, enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about how to build a company that can thrive in the future of work. Today, our guest is Taylor Simpson. He's the founder of the Halo app, and this episode is Work Minus Friction. Hi, Taylor. How are you doing? How are you, Neil? Thank you. Good. Are you surviving well? How's your energy doing today? Oh, it's terrific. It's beautiful outside. I think we're going to go on a walk soon. I'm still healthy, blessed. I can't complain. Awesome. Well, good. I want to get into uh, this topic of friction, but first, why don't you introduce yourself and what the Halo app is? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Taylor Simpson, uh, the founder of the Halo app. What the Halo app is, uh, just to jump into it, 70% of the country can't afford a $500 emergency when it happens. Um, That's a stat a lot of us know in this current climate, the entire country in some capacity is financially affected. Uh, And what we do is what we have built is a private community that connects people for loans up to $1,000. Think Lyft or Uber for money, um, where a borrower can request an amount up to $1,000. We connect them with a backer or a lender, someone around the country that uh, has available cash that they can lend out or, or support someone in need. And we liaison the entire process on our platform. So it's a great system, but I want you to talk a little bit more about what kind of drove you to that. It wasn't just something you thought, hey, this sounds like fun. But like, what's the condition that drives the problem that you're solving? Well, my life, you know, for a long time, I felt so disconnected from banks. It's an industry that I call it kind of a TNT industry where nobody wants to touch it. Mm. Everyone's sort of afraid of it. You know, coming from the beginning of time when we started putting our money into savings accounts. I mean, you know, that was the original business model for banks and, and they took it off and started providing all sorts of financial services. But there's so much control over our money, over our life, over our you know, path forward. And I think we've gotten too far away from that. I think humans should have more power and control over their money on both sides, both when borrowing and, you know, when lending. And that's kind of the basis for the entire platform. The aha moment for me was you know, my life's being shut off for the first time. Hmm. And it so happened that it occurred when my daughter was six weeks old. And you hear about, you know, people making decisions based on fear and panic and how those panic decisions create really, really bad decisions moving forward. And I felt that all in one second. Hmm. Um, I had been sort of building the, the app for just over a year. It was, you know, I'd gone through failure. But the aha moment was, you know, me panicking in my kitchen trying to figure out why my lights are off with groceries in the fridge and a newborn child. Um, And it was that moment that, you know, I just, I had to, you know, I pulled some stuff together, but the hundred million households that people talk about that cannot afford it, people need a service that's easy, that's simple, that's non-predatory to help them have that deep breath that they need. Uh, And I just love the idea of connecting someone with a backer versus a bank or a backer versus in another financial institution. I think there's so much power in the connection of people. Yeah. Well, let's talk to other CEOs, founders, people who are creating out there. When it comes to creating a new solution, you know, obviously we, we're in a world where we can create a digital first solution that comes through there. But actually, when you look at the financial services industry, banking, I mean, that, that's a pretty heavily digitized industry. So how do you compare what you're doing and the kind of innovation you're bringing in to what they're trying to do on a large scale level? It's the same way, Neil, to be completely honest. Um, I think, 
you know, a lot of the world is moving digital, which is great. Um, I think the bad part about that, and I talk about it often with my Lyft drivers, is a lot of that, a lot of the digital future is taken away from the human interaction that we need, mm-hmm. as, um, especially, you know, now with all that's going on culturally. Um, and there are still companies that are creating that, you know, something like a, you know, a lot of the marketplace companies like Lyft, uh, there's still such a, a powerful human interaction to go along with this amazing technology that they have in the back end that's connecting people more efficiently than ever. Um, something with, with our platform, we, didn't, we don't have a human interaction because a lot of our activity happens from like this, yeah. you know, from your, to my house. Um, and, and so we put, put a lot of emphasis on the community aspect of it. Uh, and that's something that I think banks are missing, right? I speak a lot about how the bank, the bank, right, the barber, um, you know, in, in the pastor, in your community, were the pillars, family, mm-hmm. bank, barber, pastor. Um, and there was such a powerful relationship that, that happened there. And then over time, we centralized and, and big banks, you know, came to play. And that connection with people just completely went away. And I think it's so necessary when dealing with um, something as tender and as money, you know, and intimate as money. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think, I think the entire world is gravitating in that way, but banks are very slow moving. We, I still feel like we have the same platforms as we've always had. Um, but, you know, the interesting part about it is it's a TNT area, but it's being disrupted every single day. We see new incumbents every year. And they are taking little by little chunks out of this market with digital services that are faster, that are more efficient, that are more affordable. A lot of that affordability comes from just lifting bricks and mortar. Banks are some of the most heavily bricks and mortar industries in the entire world. So um, being able to pass those savings uh, you know, back off to users, I think is important. Uh, and I think it's a necessary move. So your app, your whole story is extremely compelling. I love what you're doing. It, it's, a, it's obviously a great thing. I want you to talk about a common thing among other CEOs when it comes to investors, trying to get people to back your company. What's been the role of this narrative that you're trying to tell? How easy is that to communicate when you say, okay, this is the solution that's coming through? What have been ways you found to be successful, even just digitally communicating with them and also keeping up with existing investors, during, especially during this time? We're recording this in, at the start of May in 2020. The COVID crisis is still going on. So how has that communication aspect impacted you? Yeah, perfect. I'll answer both your questions. One, we have a, an extremely compelling problem that I think is easily understandable. Um, to go back to some other markets, right? people don't naturally get into cars with other people. People, this is already the largest market in the entire world. My pastor lends thousands of dollars every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, congregation. I've borrowed money and lent money to my coworkers. You know, I've asked my mom for money for years, <laughs> you know, and then my friends, again, used to ask me money, you know, for money. So this is an industry, this is a market that's already happening. And so I think when, when we pitch the company, people naturally understand People naturally understand that there are people in need. People naturally understand that financial crisis exists on a personal level and a national level, obviously. Uh, So that's kind of where we do really well. Uh, We can usually create a a narrative or personalized to whoever we're pitching. I know you've been there. You have a kid. 
you were a young father once you were you know you were a mother right out of school and you can take them there and if you hold them there for you know throughout the duration of this problem statement everything after that makes sense so i think that's where we do really well at least in our pitch just how natural our service is yeah. we're just the first to bring it to a platform in terms of communication it's this you know my my father's company just started using zoom you think about how much time we waste just throughout the day you know that's all capital expenses for companies how much time we waste walking to meetings and traveling to to work i think that's that's uh, some of the cool stuff that's going to come, some of the positives that will come from coronavirus. But, you know, for me, it's like we have the same conversation. I used to drive downtown every single day. Uh, I filled up my car every three days and I have not filled up my I have not gotten gas since February. I yeah. think. <laughs> and I still communicate with all of our investors. We do tons of Zoom calls. They're updated on everything. We love Slack. We use Slack every single you know day drive. I mean, it's just an efficient system that you can do. And you save a couple of hours every single day uh, just by digitalizing your life, I mean, essentially. So just use as many resources as possible. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, the best way you can support us is to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, start a conversation with a friend about how you think we can make work better. Thanks. As you guys grow the company and grow the app, the user base expands. We got to think about what you're actually trying to do. You know, you're trying to solve several different problems. You're trying to solve systemic problems that are are there in the financial industry world. There's problems of, of just physicality. How do you get money to people's hands and different things? But let's dwell on that systemic level for a while. When somebody doesn't have the option to borrow money from a bank and their other option is payday loans and other things like that, what kind of position does that put them in? And why is your solution so much more natural than the other ones? We actually just released some information actually about how we're better than credit cards even. You know, the thing that bugs me the most about our financial ecosystem is that we use a lot of data. Mm -hmm. Everything is automated. That's the only way that we can distribute trillions of dollars this efficiently. And the automation uh, creates discrimination, right? And so most often you can have a user persona that's, you know, someone that makes thousand dollars more per year or two hundred dollars more per month and just because of that subtle difference in some systemic differences we take out the same exact loan with the same same exact fees right you put one on a credit card i have to go to a storefront and request money and you get two years to pay it back and i get two weeks and that's literally the only difference. And you talk about APRs, the same fees initially, my APR is 400%. This other person's APR is 20%. It's because of the time, the flexibility. And even if you look at the most high-risk industries, everyone thinks, right, payday advance, 75% um, delinquency. I think it's extraordinary that, or 25% delinquency, I think it's extraordinary that 75 to 80% of people can pay back. Like if I need $400 and I, and I can't get a credit card just because, you know, of, of, of the infrastructure that's built, that's not set out for me, um, I, I, I just need it. I need it. I need it right now. I need my lights back on. Yeah. Like in my situation, and maybe it's overzealous or like two weeks is not enough time for somebody to, 
take that deep breath and and have a flexible enough repayment that I can be successful. So the entire system is built for people to be unsuccessful, and that's obvious. And it should have been burned down a long time ago. So even if we're just a platform that reaches out to people and says, hey, if you're going to this place and you think you can pay it back in two weeks, pay it back in 16 weeks over here, uh, which is you know a large part of our community. And they pay back and people are so surprised. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, if you look at this system at a high level, the, these are people that are good people, hardworking people that are eager to return something to someone that helped them, but they're not really getting help at all. It's the opposite of that. Uh, so I think that's where I think we're such a powerful solution. Um, and on the other end, you know, people that thread that line, the anonymity of our platform, just there's, there's so much vulnerability in asking for help. You know, there's a trillion dollar market of, of college kids asking parents. Hmm. And a lot of people don't think of the psychology of that, but you don't, you don't feel as empowered. You feel a little behind. You feel discouraged. All of that psychology comes with asking sometimes. And even on that playing field, people that aren't in desperate need, but just like a small need, uh, love the platform because of the anonymity and just the ability to, to have support and privacy. Uh, and I think that's very important. Yeah. Uh, talk about as you build this company, as you go forward, especially a company with such a strong guiding principle and a message that you're trying to do and, and really a purpose for what you're, you're trying to accomplish, how do you hope to grow and to scale this, to bring people into the project that are also equally excited about it, but also skilled, uh, sharing that, building a digital company that's probably expanding other places, building a remote company? What are your thoughts as you start this process? That's where the human interaction comes. Um, you know, we talked about, like, we pulled a lot of those human aspects to eliminate bias, just because it's so important that people don't go in and say, ah, it's a woman, I'm going to charge five extra percent. Um, but I think how we grow and spread organically is just through stemming a conversation, exactly what you do. You know, there, this is such a powerful topic for us as a country to discuss. Mm. Because I get a lot of people that say, who would take a 35% loan? Wow. Well, you would be surprised, <laughs> you know, like how many people cry for a 35% loan and that's terrible. Right. And so immediately us as a country, we get connected. It's like um, talking about uh, discrepancies in banking and in finance, you know, talking about like other ways to make money outside of the stock market and broker system, which everyone pours their money in. Uh, and nobody, for some reason, ends up just like coming out, you know, happy and wealthy and rich. Yeah you know, the psychology that comes from supporting people, I think it's going to create an organic conversation that we all need to have. My money's not doing anything but sitting in savings. Isn't yours? Hmm. Why do I back on this platform? That kind of conversation, barbershop conversation, church conversation, you know, uh, tuna sandwich at lunch conversation. I mean, that's what's kind of happening here. Uh, and I think it's just because of what the platform is. So, I mean, that's kind of what we hope for in terms of growth, very grassroots, very organic. Um, very word of mouth. Um, and then continuing to provide a wonderful service. We do welcome calls, which is very odd and very Indiana of us. Yeah. Uh, but we do welcome calls to every user. We could automate that process, but people love the platform when they get on it. People take care of the platform when they get on it. People pay back all their loans, you know, and that's the kind of culture we want. Build it right uh, versus, you know, build it fast because it's going to come. Yeah. This is inertly the largest market in the world 
I hate talking about market size because, okay, you know, near $4 trillion banking market, we can technically tap into 60% of it immediately. So focused on building it right, building it, you know, communal, exactly how we want to. And it, I think it's going to scale pretty fast. It's catching fire right now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about what you're doing. And I'm excited about the start that you have. It'll be interesting to follow along with you and just kind of see how it grows. Again, a strong purpose with a digital focus, trying to build that workplace around you too that, that creates, it's really exciting. Uh, Taylor, where can people go to learn more about uh, the Halo app? Our website, www.thehaloapp.com. Everything's pretty much the Halo app. We try to keep it simple. Uh, I'm the Halo Taylor on all social media as well. Also Taylor at thehaloapp.com if you want to shoot me an email. But yeah, we're, please visit our website. Please request access. They can use you as a referral and we'll make sure we get a, a welcome call scheduled and give them the app. My ultimate hope uh, as a backer, feel free, help people. It's a powerful tool. Listen to our user stories, powerful, powerful user stories about people using the app and, their, and how their lives are being changed, truly. And if you're in a time of need, in a time of crisis, we all are, we've all been there. Please use it as a resource, as a tool to get the essentials that you need. But yes, anything the Halo app, Google us. We should pop up. We should have a Wikipedia page now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Taylor, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been fun to get to know you more and to share about your story. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was wonderful. 